Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Johnny. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I, I know it's not evening for you. It's good evening for me. Hootenobbins. <laughs> Guten Morgan you know, I, for me, but yes. I, I, immediately, immediately threw you off. I'm doing good, man. How, uh, how have you been? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm doing... I'm doing all right, you know, trials and tribulations, uh, fun employment, actually, like, double down, and I had to take a temp gig, John. Okay. Basically, groundskeeper Willie. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, But, you know, okay. outdoors, indoors, I don't have to clean anything, though. I just got to, like, make sure everything's, you know, pert and proper. But all that is to, okay. st- all that is to say, I am at the rec center way too much these days. Um, And a lot of weird shit goes on there. And okay. one of them, well, I just didn't really know what to think because on the one hand, I saw that they were hosting a fishing class, right? And okay, All that right. makes sense. Cool. But then on the other hand, I see that they're also giving a class on like proper cattle birthing techniques. Okay. Like how to right? properly right, breach right. a cow if it's all fucked up. Yeah. And I mean, you know, valuable skill, put the chain around the neck and or, you know, behind the jaw and pole. Yeah, but, like... Yeah. It... So, all that is to say, as I'm do- doing this, I was coming in, I was parking my little, like, dune buggy trash cart guy, and all I hear is someone screaming, Do not yank! Do oh, not yank! And I'm ooh, like... That's never good. What is going on? Never good, right? And it's like, okay, cattle birthing classes, introduction to fishing 101, um... There was also, you know, British punk slang from the 1700s. Do not yank. Wink, wink, wink. But actually, John, (laughs) what it was, was this class about podcasting 101. And they were referring to when you plug in your microphone and unplug it, you do not yank out the cord. And I'm like, oh, and I, you know, I, I heard it. I followed the sound and I get the context. I'm like, oh, well, that makes nothing but sense. And the teacher looks up and she goes, excuse me, young man, are, are you here to take the class? And I go, oh, no, I don't need any help podcasting. And she goes, I bet you do. And I go, no, ma'am, because I've got a podcast. It's called the Dangle Podcast. <laughs> and, you know, maybe we don't do that to the $50 mics, okay? <laughs> yes, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Tangle Podcast. This here is a weekly King of the Hill rewatch podcast with I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark. And we take two episodes of that beloved animation classic from Mike Judge, King of the Hill, and we critique them. We talk about how great they are, how not great they are, if they hold up today. We talk about its goods, its bads, its highs, its lows, its guest stars, and its fall-on-my-flat-face awful recurring characters. We slap it all together at the end with our patented rating system and basically give you about an hour every week of very fun King of the Hill analysis. No idea why we uh, why I did this intro this way today. Apparently, I'm feeling squirrely. It's going to be a good day. I like it. You're mixing it up, man. New year, new yeah. looks. How, it, new yes, year, new exactly. Guys, uh, Mark and I can happily say uh, happy, well, I guess we could say happy new year. Happily say happy new year. Fuck. Yep. Johnny needs to stop hitting the beer already. Already. Same same year, same you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Guys, welcome back to the Dang Old Podcast. We're going to start this week with episode 247, Uncool Customer. 
Original air date, March 15, 2009. This is written by Christy Stratton. Mark, where did we see Ms. Stratton last? Um, we just saw her in Behind Closed Doors that you, Megalode, and I charkinged, and then the Powderpuff Boys, which you, Butane, and I, Megalode. Interesting. Okay, so we haven't had a, a good, a really, like, standout Christy Stratton episode for both of us for a while, then, it sounds like. Not since a Portrait of the Artist as a Young Clown. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you get a lot of you get a lot of gas off of that one, so I guess she's still coasting because I don't hate her, but <laughs> eh, it's fine. Um, cast of characters for this week: we have Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boomhauer. Uh, guest stars: Cat Savage and Michael Savage, Octavio. Wow, Octavio, <laughs> not Octavio. Uh, Octavio, PJ Finster, Hunchinko. The etiquette teacher, and apparently she's somewhere in the episode, according to the wiki, but I didn't spy Ladybird, but I'm sure she's there somewhere. I didn't see her either, yeah. Nah, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll rewatch this and, and take a little longer look at it. Um, Mark, let's talk a little bit about our guest stars before we get into synopsis, a story, all that fun stuff. Um, Michael Savage, the younger of the Savages. Uh, Rid mm-hmm. is voiced by a character actress uh, known for a lot of VA work called Georgie Kidder. Um, I didn't see. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't see any anything other than this show that I like really went crazy for. She does a lot of bit parts, a lot of VA work, um, like single characters in video games or in like a single episode of American Dad or Family Guy or something like that. So she's kind of mm-hmm. all over the place. Uh, I initially I had thought that she was somebody I was going to recognize because I went, oh, well, maybe I know you from somewhere. And I was kind of sad to see I didn't. Uh, However, (laughs) definitely recognized her mom's voice, as did my lady wizard who was sitting next to me. Uh, Mark, if I said the name Kate Walsh to you, would you know who I was talking about? Yeah. Why do I know that name? Um, Well, she's she was in a little show that is miraculously still on the air. It uh, outlasted Scrubs and ER and all these other different things. A little show called Grey's Anatomy for like Ah. eight seasons. And then they went, yeah, you're almost too good just to do this on your own. So we're going to spin you off and then got her own spinoff called Private Practice. So, yeah, she spun off from Grey's Anatomy is got like six or seven seasons of this private practice. Um, that's where my wife knows her from. I, on the other hand, I like watching, uh, sad emo boy shows on Netflix that are written for me by my music idols from high school. So you would know her from the Umbrella Academy, Mark. Okay. I will yes and and say that I do. I didn't watch Umbrella Academy, dude. I watched like two episodes. I'm like... This is trying to be that Doom Patrol show, and My Chemical Romance has no power here. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, she's in the first two episodes, I'm I'm sure. I think she's in, like, all the seasons so far. She's the gray-haired lady that's, like, trying to track everybody down. Like, that's the head of the or evil organization. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she's uh, very interesting. Very, uh, very cool actress. Um, yeah, I enjoy her. I, at first, okay. I, I thought it was somebody else... Um, I don't remember who off the top of my head. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of TV lately. So I just, I've been getting a lot of people all mixed up. But anyway, those are our guest stars this week. 
Um, so synopsis. Really, oh, really quick before we move. Really quick before we move on. You were getting that off the wiki, yeah. I looked up uh, Kate Walsh and Georgie Kidder on the wiki, and then I looked up their IMDb's. Okay, just because, so, like, I looked, because I, I always take my character list, or my cast list off of IMDb, and they did a really shit job. There's a bunch of names in here that I don't recognize. Um, Ooh, okay. So there's Sugar Lynn Beard as voice. Georgie Kidder, you already called her out as voice. Uh, yep. David Herman, he's all, he's always around. Um, yep. Penelope Lombard, Lori Nasso, don't know. They don't have pictures, so I'm assuming they're not people. Or you know what I mean? They're not like actors. Um, yeah. They also credit Brittany Murphy as Luann and Lucky are in this episode as to- with Tom Petty. And then somebody named Ooh. April Winchell is the uh, second mom, and she's also the um, instructor. I could uh, okay, so I could definitely see that. I was surprised the etiquette teacher from the wiki doesn't like nobody's added anything to it. So I think somebody just got lazy and didn't want to actually look up who voiced the etiquette teacher, but her voice is very, very, like, familiar to me. She has been in so much stuff. It is insane. Like, she is only working. Yeah, she's like cranky old lady and everything. Sometimes? Mm. She's a lot of, yeah. I'm trying to find anything you would recognize her in. A lot of Disney Channel or um, animated. Okay. Actually, it's all Disney Channel animated. I was gonna say, her, it, it, her I mean, it doesn't matter. Old lady I guess, voice but... in this made sense. Oh, you know why it makes sense? Did you watch Recess? Yes. Yeah, she's the old bitch, Miss Finster. Yes. That old fucking crotchety hunch bitch. Yeah, that's her. Um. Anyway, yes. sorry, we spent way too much time on cast. I just wanted to call those out because, like, IMDb yeah. dropped the ball this week on this cast list and the other one, so I was trying to fill in some gaps there, but at least we got oh, that. Oh, perfect. No, please, please addend my, uh, our next episode as well because I love hearing that sort of stuff. Um, but we'll jump, we'll jump into synopsis real quick so that we can, we can keep on chugging here. Uh, synopsis, Peggy is yet again faced with the dilemma that she is not cool. And Hank finds that love is a meatloaf sandwich eaten alone. Mark, our A-story characters are Peggy and Bobby. Our B-story character is Hank. Um, there's a bunch of people in, in this, but yeah, like those are our primaries, if you will. Um, why don't we jump right into notes? Um, I just had an epiphany. Okay, so I just had an epiphany. Um, do you mind if I run wild for a second? Run wild. Wild and free. We've already seen this episode. It was the season 11 opener. It was also yeah. written by Christy Stratton, and it was called the Peggy Horror Picture Show. Yeah. <laughs> like, we already saw this episode. God damn it. I knew it fucking was familiar. Okay. Anyway, let's talk some notes here. <laughs> yep. No, I'm yeah, it's, mad. <laughs> it's the Peggy, Peggy reinvents herself. Peggy has self-confidence issues. We see this episode a lot, I feel like. But this time, yeah, instead of drag queens, it's... Material whores? I don't know. Yes. I miss drag queens is my point. You mean it's um, you mean it's not soccer moms this time? Because we've seen her do soccer moms before. <laughs> oh, that was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why? Because it was the fucking B plot. Anyway, my notes here. Um I shouted out the name of the store. I didn't write it. I wrote speakers. I was gonna cross check it with the other store with uh uh, uh, four score or whatever the hell it's called. Boys oh 12. yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to cross reference it with that episode, 
but instead I got caught up on a really sweet-ass patch of cool run in Civ 6. So, congratulations, Dangle <laughs> Podcast. You've been two wizards. <laughs> that happens. That's where I neglect my chores to play a video game. Um, you got any tapes still? Is this Not a still. retro reference rage? Like, so I mean, it, I guess you I wouldn't because think... you kind of got rid of all your stuff, but... It is. No, I, so I think it is. I really do think it is a retro reference rage because you can't even get the tape deck to uh, aux converter for your car anymore because no phone oh, has yeah. a headphone jack anymore. Like, yeah. that was the last time the tape was even like, like that physical form was even used. I'm pretty sure that's the last thing they use those molds for. Um, no, I, I have that in my retro reference rage. It's basically this whole intro, right? Uh, the concept of buying music online being new, like guys, this is 2009 when it came out. The we, we've been in the Napster era for almost a fucking decade at this point. Like that's not new. Buying music online is very much a thing. Um, but I had cassettes growing up. I know I had a I had one of those badass like boomboxes with the speakers you could detach from each side. Oh hell yeah, yeah. And a double tape deck, and I would record shit off of the alt rock radio that was in Denver at the time. 93.3? So I was one of those cool... Area, area 90... No, Channel 93.3. I used to have a, a tape yeah. that was nothing That's, but yeah. Man Man and Boy Boy. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a member, Barry, if I've ever fucking heard one. Yeah, no, I had one that was all Man Man and Boy Boy that I used to listen to all the time because it was just stupid. It was fantastic. Probably why I hate the... Probably why I hate the fucking killer so much because it was like every goddamn hour after Mr. Brightside came out that song played on repeat for like a decade. Yeah. Some would say the greatest song ever written. <laughs> like not it's me. The most yes. played remix sampled. Like at this point it's, uh, it's fucking all I want for Christmas is you, you know, it, it is. It is the equivalent of that for the non Christmas season. <laughs> anyway, sorry, moving on. I don't know why I'm so yeah. digression today. Um, I still got my Dark Side of the Moon tape. That's I'm proud of that one. Nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Next note here. Fuck. Is this the sandwich B plot episode? And then I wrote a little note underneath it after the next scene. Fuck. And then that leads me into my next note, the B plot, <laughs> which we'll talk about here in a bit. Um, Johnny, who are we making fun of here? Are we making fun of Peggy because she's not cool? Are we making fun of Bobby because he? learned that prop comedy isn't good anymore i don't know because he's alienated himself are we making fun of i want to call him pj but i don't think that's his name um pj finster that's his name right it is yeah point is who are we making fun of here i don't know because like cat's lifestyle sucks but peggy's lifestyle is pretty fucking boring and leaves something to be desired and if it didn't then peggy wouldn't have gone on this journey like both people right. are i don't know it's stupid i don't like the writing here i Okay, anyway, moving on. Finally, last note here. Looking at Peggy and Bobby when they show up in their party outfits, right? Mm -hmm. I go, I write the note, is this what we look like in 2009? And then I check on Google, and yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. It's Bobby weird, but also really good. Yes, Bobby really, but I remember those weird-ass Roman sandals that Peggy was wearing. I kind of tripped yep. down a Google image search lane this morning as I watched this, like, looking at terrible fashion. We're also a lot fatter now. I kind of miss when we all had eating disorders. Anyway, uh, Johnny, what are your notes? 
<laughs> um, let's see here. We have a new, uh, a new addition to the Arlen community of businesses and the like, and that is the Arlen Barn. That's a new restaurant. Um, yes, it is. Its official name, guys, is the Arlen Barn. Uh, Mark, is this the Jump the Shark episode of Bobby slash Peggy team-ups? Because we've seen Bobby and Peggy team up many times before. But this one, I don't know what it is. This one has always left me with a bad taste. And maybe it's because this is usually... I think this is it, it's the last time we'll see it. So we'll never get one that's worse than this. Yeah, it's not... It's not a high note to end on. No. Sometimes their chaotic energy feeds off themselves really, really well. But there are mm-hmm. other times where it's just like, oh, this does not, this is not working for me. It's making me feel weird. Not into it. Definitely just not into it. Like this, this is like the total opposite, cult, like n- negative image, if you will, of, uh, oh, what is it? Old Glory. I was just going to say, I think Old Glory was worse, but... See, I, I think I like Old Glory better than this one because there's there's some more stakes. Bobby and Peggy both kind of get into it with each other, and it's... it's I don't know. It, maybe it just doesn't feel quite so dated. Okay. Like this one, this feels very much like a time capsule because of, of how much it, it... It... Like the point of it is off of current trends and those trends are not trends anymore like you said nobody wears the, the big old sandals anymore the big old greek sandals anymore um so i don't know just curious if you thought this if you have a worse bobby peggy team up for this but i don't know what it would be like i don't either like i think i think that for yeah. me this is the low point um no you know what um 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 it's not a team up but it's it's um fat and furious um that whole b plot when peggy's trying to distract bobby from competitive eating that's the worst one that's the worst one that's the okay that's that's your that's your like can't stand it okay okay um you already kind of hit this but god damn you and i've lived through some obnoxious ass trends haven't we (laughs) oh my god like, I saw something that almost felt personally attacked yesterday on the internet that was making fun of the emo scene haircut and mm. and how we all used to look in 2003 to 2008 with our ridiculous flat-ironed hair and obnoxious brightly colored everything and skin-tight pants and men wearing makeup and that whole bit. And then I went, no, I, I you guys are right to make fun of us for that. It's really gnarly and really stupid. And I thought I would always be attracted to stuff like this and... I look at it now and go, God, this was stupid. <laughs> I, I miss so, some yeah. of it. I don't know. I miss the, I miss guy liner. That was a great time. Made my fucking okay. brown Greek eyes pop. I had that like Xerxes energy going on. I don't know. I, there was a lot of bad, like just the, remember how bad we wanted to see every teenage girl's boobs. Yes. Like it was like, I was going through that, like, you know, 2009 fashion this morning i'm like oh my god like it's very i I don't know it is and i we i'm glad we kind of got out of that like i don't think yoga pants are any better but a little bit better i don't know i whatever i'm not like i'm also not trying to say women can't wear anything i'm just saying like clothes have been gross for a long time and i think dudes got too fat to wear them is the point that's why skinny jeans don't exist on guys anymore yeah 
and like yeah, I, I know it sounds like I'm talking shit here, but since like about the 50s. Sure, but like I know it sounds like I'm talking shit here, but like you, I'm fat as shit, so like <laughs> I'm terrible. Like, but you know, too, like I weigh as much as Josh. I'm sitting at like two thirty, and Josh told me he was like two ten or something, and I'm like. I don't know. I'm a lot bigger than... I don't know. I think some of it's muscly, but, like, at the same time, like, yeah. I got the body of a heavy lifter, if you know what I mean. I Oh, I do. I do. Um, no, I, I think you, you bring up a good point here because I talk mad shit about all of this stuff as a whole and as a collective, but there are little tiny things about it that I do like in its individuality, like the guyliner. I could see that. Just when you mash it all together, God, we looked fucking ridiculous back then. Um, this I seem is, to this remember somebody is, had a pretty fucking bitchin' mohawk back in his day. I hit, well, and that will never go out of style, okay? That, <laughs> that's that been around since the fucking late 70s. It just is what it is. And you have to shave it, otherwise you're a fucking poser. Um, you have to shave the size of your head. It's not just faux hawk bullshit. Um, guys, we're moving on here. Mark, have you ever heard of a frittata? It's an egg thing, right? It's like a big egg scramble. I okay. want to say, okay. yeah. What about cuddle parties? Uh, yeah, I have heard of those. What about Mr. Ed's niece? I mean, Julia Roberts' like, niece, oh. excuse me. See, <laughs> I was going to make a Sarah Jessica Parker joke there, but all right. <laughs> no, but Mark, Julia Roberts. <laughs> a horse is a horse, of course, of course. <laughs> We're both bad people. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying on. I'm staying on brand here. Okay. Throwbacks, I also laugh when I get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you Do you know Julia Roberts' niece? No. Okay, she's in like every season of American Horror Story. Emma Roberts. Okay. Um. Oh, she's in a movie with uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston and Jason Sudeikis. Oh, it's about the like fake family that like robs banks or some shit. Um, we're the Millers. She's in a TV series, Scream Queens. Yeah, she's she's the the main female in in We're the Millers. It's not Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, she swinging a miss on this one for me, but yeah. No, you're good. You're good. I I just I wanted to ask the same questions Peggy did because I think I know most of that <laughs> stuff. I definitely know who Emma Roberts is. Um, did you notice that? Uh, what's her name? I almost said Rachel, but it's not. It's Michael. Did you notice that Michael has a fucking elevator into her treehouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not notice that until this watch, and I went, holy shit, that is fancy as fuck. I want that. <laughs> like, I want a treehouse for one, but I also want an elevator because I'm a fat boy. Um, My last one here, and I got ahead of myself, it was Hank's solution to his problem, to the the whole issue with the B-plot is only a couple of years away at this point. It's DoorDash. And then I went dot, dot, dot. I guess if I had waited, Enrique works too. <laughs> mean Octavio? Oh, shit. I did write Enrique, but I meant Octavio. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Ooh, who's the more uncomfortable delivery, Enrique or Octavio? Because Enrique ain't going to take a bite, but he's going to tell you how Yolanda's doing for the next, like, 45 fucking minutes, and that sandwich is going to be cold he, and soaking through the he bread. He defeats the purpose of not wanting to eat that sandwich around somebody else. So I'm going to say Octavio's <laughs> the better. Yeah. Because he'll, he'll take a bite, yes, but he will also drive away. 
So we're um, here. Uh, let's talk about this B plot. Yes. Uh, Hank gets a sandwich. He really, really likes it. But the Arlen Barn is an unsanitary, terrible place to eat. I don't know why he keeps going back. Um, like that sandwich can't be that good. I've had a, I've had great sandwiches, but I'm not gonna go there like three times a week to get one, especially if that's the environment. I can almost guarantee that you will never get that uh, triple pork sandwich you got at uh, Rack Stack in, uh, uh, in, oh, uh, in uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. I wanted to say Jersey City, and I have no idea why. In Kansas City, yeah. I guarantee you're never going to get that again. Like, And that's probably no. the greatest sandwich of your life, right? Well, and, and part, at of, least well, top part 10. of that's... Oh, no, it's, it is definitely top 10 or top 5. Uh, and part of it is uh, it's never going to meet that expectation again. I'll try if I was to ever try and go and get that again, it wouldn't wouldn't be the same like it wouldn't be the same cook probably. It wouldn't be the same ingredients, but it wouldn't also be the same environment. Like there's so many different things that make an experience, right? Um I had this I if we're if we're gonna be here for a second, I had this moment like a couple of months ago. I went to France for the very first time. I love trying weird food, and I've always wanted to try escargot. And I was there with a dude who has spent a lot of time in France because his grandmother lives there. And he said, that's not my favorite thing in the world, but go for it if you want to try it. Like, it's it. you'll eat it. It's edible. It's fine. It is what it is. Brought it to the table. I tried it. His wife tried it. My wife tried it. He had one because he was being polite. Mm-hmm. And I went, this is the most fucking delicious thing I think I've had yet in this entire fucking country. And I looked at him. I said, I'm never eating this again. Because it's never going to be this good again. I know it. I absolutely know it. it's my first time to France. It's my first time experiencing it. And if it's this good now, it'll never, I'll never hit that high again. Never going to chase mm. that fucking dragon. So. I got you. No. Yeah. Like I, I don't, we're going to round this all back up and go back to Hank. Cause fuck, this was a lot of, of me yelling at you passionately about sandwiches and escargot. <laughs> um, Not at all, buddy. Like. Yeah, I, this this B plot is very strange to me because y- that that sandwich literally better just be umami fucking incarnate the second it touches your tongue. Otherwise, it's, yeah, no, you don't go back four times in a week to get it. Yeah, maybe it's all the residual like sex magic that soaked into the wood. It could be. Oh shit. I totally skipped past one of my notes because I wanted to save it for the end. Can I go back to that real quick before oh, we get into pros? Please. Yeah, please, dude. Holy shit. You you brought up sex magic, and I have an actual real world real, real world fact for everybody here. Mark, did you know that in 2014, there's an article in the Texas Tribune that talks about a polygamist group in El Dorado who had their farm seized. 1,700 acres. No shit. Yep, they were a disavowed sect of the LDS Church. They were a, a fundamentalist Latter-day Saints, and they basically were told by the government, "Hey, you can't do this. We tell you that's a no-no." And when they got their shit seized, it was like there was like a hundred hundreds of kids, is what the article said. Hundreds of kids had to be Jesus. rehomed and a bunch of other crazy shit. Um, Seventeen hundred acres. It took them six years to get like the whole thing rowing going. From when they got disavowed to when they actually got like in trouble by the federal government, um, you look at the pictures and it looks straight up like uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. Like they're oh, all Jesus. in the, the the traditional Mormon garb and they've got the head wraps and all that stuff. It's oh, fascinating. God. But 
guys, not even 10 years ago, well, 10 years ago at this point, 10 years ago, we still have issues with polygamy and bigamy. Uh, it's not legal. If you want to participate, <laughs> don't do it in the States. Find somewhere where they're you. cool with it. <laughs> Big of me. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, find somewhere where they're cool with it, but also nothing's cooler than consent. Yes. Go have your weird fucking sex magic rituals. I stand by the Crowleyan system. <laughs> Go do that, but like, you know, make sure everyone's on the same page. It's, it's, it's cultural, right? Like we have a huge issue with it because of, of how our, our Christian values have permeated into the United States. And that's not a, a quote unquote Christian thing to do. But if you go halfway around the world, lots of people in the Middle East do not see that as a problem at all. Like it's completely accepted. It's inc actively encouraged. Yeah. You have a couple of different wives. That's, that's what your culture is. So if you're really into it, make sure you have enough money not to die over there. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I, I was talking like about actual sex magic, but yeah, sure. Also have a oh, harem I was talking of about wives. Polygamy. Yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> Guys, we don't shame we'll talk magic about... or polygamy here. It's just not for us. We'll talk to you about chaos magic and fucking masturbation sigils later. Um. Okay, pros, buddy. Where pros. are we? Pros, pros. Here we go. Uh, pro, I love it when Hank gets addicted to something. We haven't seen it in a long time. I want to say... Uh, Grand Theft Arlen. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Sanjay and, Shaw, but it's a great one. Yeah, that's a great yes. one, though. Yeah. Well, how? But how could I fucking forget? Like, oh my god, Mark. Um, <laughs> point is, like, uh, yeah, I love watching Hank get addicted to something. I'm reminded of jumping crack bass. Like, it's great, man. That's I just it. Gold and this fishing. is this is the I don't I don't know. Is this the is this the case where the B plot is better than the A? I'd rather watch this B plot. So yes, I would too. I hate this B or this A plot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was my only pro, other than my uh, favorite moment. What do you got, buddy? Uh, I got a couple in here. Um, let's see here. First one here is that Bobby apparently thinks the smartest way to troll for Strange is go to a Cotillion class. That's a very Bobby way of thinking, and I appreciate. Um, I appreciate. Christy Stratton had to scroll up there for a second. Christy Stratton for kind of hitting that on the head, right? Um, there's a lot of easier ways to meet other girls in Arlen. Bobby likes them all. He could go and do something like that. Um, but no, we're going to do it the Bobby Hill way, and we're going to do it via cotillion class. <laughs> I also love his hard sell to Hank. Like, you've always really wanted me to be more of a gentleman, right, Dad? Well... You've got great manners. Thank you. Exactly. Flattery goes a yeah. long way. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm that's not going to lie. I'm going to love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I also love that too. Like he totally owns it. Like, yeah, no, this, I will like, this is not just a thing for me to meet girls. This is very much a thing for me, but here's this <laughs> awesome positive to it. Uh, so very good writing there. Um, the an they have. I think this is the first time I've ever seen an animated like perfect Karen haircut, because the alternate mom at one point that's talking has the like short cut in the back and wavy in the front. Like, mm -hmm. I need to speak to your manager haircut, and I don't think I've ever seen that animated before. Definitely not this early. I don't remember seeing it, so that was a fun little animation dip for me. Um, mm -hmm. 
And she also, that's a perfect like crew of people to have that haircut animated into. Uh, my last one is Hank's, Hank's whole thing where they get their, their invitation to the birthday party. Hank gets all excited for him and just goes, why don't we celebrate with a sandwich? That is music to my own fat heart. I want to celebrate things with sandwiches. I will do that with you, Hank. It's going to be great. We can sit in our own little dank corner and like, I'll help, I'll help you build like a condiment wall so that everybody else can't talk to us. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> those are, those are my pros. Uh, what do you, what did you got for cons? What did you not like about the episode? Um, what I didn't like, and I'm not trying to talk shit here, but I got a number of cons. Yeah. Um, in 13 seasons, we have seen the Bobby Hill Netflix comedy special. We've seen the, what are you talking about? We've watched White Power Bobby. We've seen Prop Power Bobby. We've seen Parody Power Bobby. Where the fuck is my diarrhea monkey at the post office? I want to see that one. <laughs> We've gotten Clown Bobby and Tartuffe Bobby. Like, yeah. And you know, you know, he put in the clown, you know, he put in like the clown work to, for the monkey. Like he's doing oh, yeah. the physical. Oh yeah. I am. I am upset. I am mad. I just want to watch it bomb. I want to see it be the cringiest thing in the world during band class. And he's like, oh, I guess this isn't as great as my Connie lies over the ocean. Um, yep. yeah. Um, the Arlen barn is fucking gross. I get it. That's the point. But like, I would not. <laughs> I would not eat food in a place that used to house a sex cult. I'm sorry. Yeah. Positive or negative. And then further that everybody there is terrible. Like, and I get it. I get that that's the joke, but I'm just like, oh my God. So I guess it's really more of a pro at how skeeved out I get by the Arlen Barn. But God damn. Um, I only have one period a year. I'm 900% sure they're talking about that um, Yaz birth control that killed a bunch of women. Yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the one, and you only took one pill. You took one pill a week, and it really fucked him up. I don't know. Okay. It's just the women are talking about birth control in the uh, yeah class. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, because um, they talk about the patch and this other stuff. No, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, This episode showed me... Well, not a lot. It didn't really reveal any personal truth other than I would punch a baby that stole chips off my fucking plate. You don't take food from Mark Jones. <laughs> but if she likes chips. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, fucking diaper on the... It's disgusting, John. It's fucking disgusting. Babies oh, yeah. are fucking gross anyway. Ugh, I hate them. Um, hey, call back to a bunch of other episodes. Con, white people. Just gotta hate white people. But I'm pretty sure that's the joke right we're just making fun of the broad spectrum of white people i don't yes. i don't know I, the worst of the worst of the whites i don't i don't i don't fucking know and then finally final uh, that's two, the problem there i guess i i don't know dude because i'm kind of glad to see like arlen has a weird district like with the speaking it's kind of cool that it exists but i hate how it's portrayed like you can enjoy things you don't need to be an asshole about it you know Oh, see, I thought we were still talking about the Arlen Barn, and I thought you were talking about those white people. No. Yes, no, they, oh, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 I mean no, the annoying-ass fucking upper, you know, the fucking upper middle class. Yes. Fucking it doesn't matter what color you are. Anybody can be a white person. 
like yes yeah i just mean Sorry, that like nope, bland banal let me no yeah yeah no you're you're that's my fault i should have written my notes better because i understand but let me point out here that i hate two classes of white people so you know it's not just one let me point out here i'm a man of the people hate um but yeah i just i don't know yeah okay but now that we're on the same page i don't feel like i need to keep explaining so you tell me your cons buddy <laughs> yeah we're good um Okay, so Bobby also, like, as much as I appreciate that he wants to do Cotillion, he gives me the biggest incel vibe at the beginning of this episode. He straight up refers to, I need a new crop of women to, like, peruse, essentially. I'm like, oh, buddy, no, that's that's not that's not good. That's not what you should be thinking about. Like, I get it. You are a horny as fuck 13-year-old. But still, come on. You can do better than this. Um... <laughs> Let's see. This is the other side of the coin. So this is the other coin of of Peggy's gentrifying hipster episode that we've already seen with uh, Enrique. Oh, lady in gentrification. This is, yeah. Yeah. This is this is the perfect double feature with that, and I hate them both. Um. And I was Rizetti for it to end halfway through. That's right. I I put some thought into that. A little bit. Uh, I'm sorry. I need, I, need, I need you to hit me with that one more time, please. I was Rossetti for it to end halfway through. Bobby's okay. words, not mine. Okay. No, no. I, I thank, you. It, thank you. Uh, it's, <laughs> I it's just needed to make street. sure I absorbed it. It's his streets ahead, Mark. It's going to catch on. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pause. Fucking time out. Fucking. I was looking up a recipe for Christmas, and they were talking about. Oh, what the fuck was I looking? Um. Okay, so it was talking about how if you soak your scalloped potatoes before you make them, it will pull the starch out and they bake quicker. But yes. So that was the tip they gave, and yeah, duh, everybody knows that. But the recipe said doing this will put you streets ahead of other potato recipes. <laughs> and I shit. I literally shit. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, my last one here though, is that, uh, it's a con to me. The end, the ending of this episode does not feel earned. It doesn't feel natural. The whole after school special of we're going to stumble onto her, her like trend searching layer. And she's going to be, I'm free now. I get to be a normal person again. And we get her sitting on the the couch with Peggy and, and all that sort of shit. Nope. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. This is, this is as bad as, um, when Flanders failed, when everybody literally sings like fucking Kumbaya at the end of the Simpsons and they're all fucking happy and, and hunky dory and it doesn't feel earned and it doesn't feel like the end of a real, real episode. Like, Nope, don't believe it. Don't believe it even a little bit. Um, yeah, the show is better than that. So that's a big, old well, we harp on endings. We harp on endings here, man. And this is a bad ending. I agree with you. 100%. We do. And like they've done the after school special ending a lot of times, but this one just they didn't sell it well enough. Not with that character. I'm sorry. So uh, we are to favorite moments, and I I suspect Mark that you and I have the same. We have the same one. I bet. Uh, is it Octavio door dashing to Hank? It is not surprising. Oh, oh, what do you got? Uh, well, see, and I thought this this was going to be your favorite because it was our cold open. Do not yank. <laughs> We had to hear it three times. Do not yank. (laughs) 
I really, I want to find a way to set a custom ringtone for every time you and I do a Discord call, and it's just going to be that. Do not yank. Yes. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> that, was, that one is mine. I'm glad that yours is Octavio door dashing, though, because that is classic. Classic. Oh. You and I are, we're super fucking whores for Octavio, though. That's just what it is. <laughs> Somebody took a bite or something. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we are to ratings. Do you want to break it down for us, bud? Yeah, I'd be delighted to. Our rating system breaks down thusly. Sorry, I almost said I can't wait to show the kids. Our rating system breaks <laughs> down thusly. At the very, very bottom is a charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of an episode. It's a turd. It sucks. Do not watch this episode. All it's going to do is get soot underneath your boy's nails. Above that is a megalo. Megalo is... A bronze. It's a turd of an episode. But in this turd of an episode, well, there's these little shiny nuggets of corn that bring you back and you go, all right, that's that's all right. I guess that's a funny joke there. Oh, hey, look, a callback. I like those. Okay, cool. Uh, but other than that, it's just not that good. Above that is butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. It's a silver rank. It's a B rank. It's middle of the road. There's a lot of those lately. Actually, lately, we've been having a lot of the other ones, but it's just there. It's pretty okay, and you can watch it if you got nothing better to do, and you're not going to turn it off. Hell, you might even put a butane episode on. Uh, what we have been having more of lately, and I am really glad that we've been having these, are our Char Kings. These are really good episodes. These are an A-rank episode. Um, they're what embodies King of the Hill. It's what an episode of King of the Hill should be. The writing is on point. The characters are used well. Maybe there's a really, really great guest star. Maybe there's an awesome acid trip scene that they blow their animation budget on, and it boosts the episode by an entire ranking. Maybe, just maybe. Uh, the only thing that stops it from being a perfect episode is that you need some context to enjoy it. Once again, we go back to the exterminator as you need the context of Dale to appreciate that episode. Otherwise, you're just going to miss some of it. And finally, at the very, very top is our S rank, our blue flame of valor. This is the best there is, the best there was, the best will ever be, the cream of the crop, the tippity top. Nothing more to say, man. It's It's just the best. Go watch these episodes. John... Scale of charcoal to blue flame. What are you giving uncool customer? Uncool customer got a megalotane for me. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Octavio is what bumped this up half a level. Just that one little bit at the end. Cause I went, ah, okay, this makes me love the, the beast B plot, which I already pretty much enjoyed most of the, even more. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But this, this episode, this is one I'm not going to seek out. I will likely skip if I realize which one it is. I do not like how cringy all of it is. It, But for me, it's dated. This whole episode is so dated. It's not going to hold up well. Um, everything is so dependent upon what the style at the time was. And it wasn't an onion on your belt. It wasn't bees and nickels and all of that really fun stuff going to Moiganville. Like, it just... It's everything is is wrapped up in this very weird 2008-2009 package, and the farther we get from it, the harder it's going to be to come back to it, especially if you never lived through it. So you and I can find this kind of funny because we all saw those jackasses that, that dressed like Peggy and Bob. But even then, you and I, the farther we get from that and the more diluted our memories get, it's just going to be dated. So um, overall, yeah. it's a megalotane. Like... We get a we get a decent B story out of it. That's the only thing that makes this rewatchable because that isn't dated. Yeah, so. 
I'd go with that. I think if anything, as we've gotten older now, people have had kids and they think it's appropriate to bring fucking toddlers to breweries. So yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're a yeah. thousand percent right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you end up uh, rating this one? I'm curious. This is a megalo. It's not a good episode. I don't like it. I okay. Like I said at the top Fair. here, we've already seen this, and it was called the Peggy Horror Picture Show, and that was a better episode. But my biggest problem here is you and I will get mad at Hank fixes everything episodes, but 90% of the time, Hank is... Sorry, motorcycles. 90% yep. of the time, Hank is like... He's kind of right. He's always been sort of the right one. You know, like, he knows how to fix a thing, and he's been the right one anyway. Versus yeah. this is... No, the lesson here is, no, enjoy your mundane fucking life where you watch Two and a Half Men. That's not the right lesson. Like, it's Peggy was bored in her life. She is bored. And all she did was bring somebody down to her level. It's, that's not good. Like, yeah. she didn't elevate herself. She wasn't edified through this experience. Instead, she just, I mean, maybe she snapped, uh, uh, the, the, what's her fucking name? Cat. Maybe um. she snapped Cat out of her consumerism. But really, yeah. is that, I don't know. I don't like it. It's un, It's unearned. Like, these people are never going to interact again. It's abundantly clear from just the neighborhoods that you live in. So, whatever. Yeah. Uh, zero stakes. Don't care for it. Not going to turn it off. It's a megalo. Okay. No, I, yeah. I think that's fair. I honestly, I came into this not expecting it to blow me away. And, um, you know, surprisingly for season 13, which has had a lot of, un, un like, like unintended gems, I think. Uh, not so surprisingly, not surprisingly, not so surprisingly, this is like where I figured it would fall. I didn't see this having a lot of extra yeah. oomph in it, even with its B story, but <laughs> that's okay, Mark, because we have a whole nother episode this week to try and turn it around and see if, see if we can still get some more gold out of season 13. What do you say we move on to that one, buddy? Let's do a good buddy. That's fucking awful. John's a lumberjack and he's okay. <laughs> All right, Moose. We're moving on to episode 248, Nancy Does Dallas. Mark, we haven't done a... Um, a uh, oh, God, that, that drink is awful. Um, we haven't done a title callback for a while. Do you want to tell us what Nancy Does Dallas is referencing? Why do you assume that I know that Nancy Does Dallas is referencing the touchstone porno Debbie Does Dallas? I wasn't assuming anything. I just thought you might know. <laughs> That's fair, right? Yes, I've watched it. Yes, it's okay. <laughs> Guys, Nancy Does Dallas is episode 248. Original air date March 22nd, 2009. This is written by Tony Gamalobo and Rebecca May. Where did we last see this writing duo, Mark? Oh, fucking all over the place. <laughs> I know we've seen him this season. You remember that episode? Uh, yeah, we just saw him in Straight as an Arrow. Um, and then we also saw him in Courtship of Joseph's Father. So, yeah, a lot of... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Gamma Lobo and And then, so, they've also written Passion of the Doe Tree. I don't know. Every time they come up, I just need to go back through and list all the shitty episodes that they wrote that we hate. Uh, the Texas Panhandler... <laughs> Um, yeah, they suck. I, I am confident in saying at this point, like if the last time they were on and we got all mean and shitty with them wasn't enough. Well, I'm confident to say at this time, fuck the team of Gamma Lobo and May. They know better. <laughs> at this point, you're phoning it in for a paycheck and we fucking know it. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah. Uh, cast of characters for this week. We have Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Nancy Gribble, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieff, Boom Howard, Joseph Gribble, Coach Kleehammer, Min Supanusipone, Brett Winslow, Gwen St. James, Wade Bixby, Tom Chick, and Octavio. Um, okay. We have a couple of different people here that we've seen, and one, I don't remember if we've seen her before. I think, I swear to God, we have. I just don't remember what her what character she played. Um, we we know that Tom Chick and Wade Bixby are both voiced by uh, stand-in classic at this point, Phil Hendry. Phil Hendry has been back, yep. and he is roaring and just looking for a fight every episode now, it feels like. He was in last episode as well as, I think, one of the parents... He's back. Yeah, he's back again. He was a mainstay for a long time there through like six and what well, I want to say up to season nine. Yeah. And then he kind of dipped out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So we've gotten a lot of Phil Hendry lately, uh, a lot in this episode. And then Gwen St. James is voiced by Perry Gilpin. And that name sounds familiar, right, Mark? Yes. Why does Perry Gilpin ring a bell? Uh, well, like I said, I swear we've seen her in King of the Hill before because that's where I swear I recognize the name from. But it, uh, she plays Roz in Frasier. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so she is our she's our other caddy Dallas anchor, news anchor, um, with the fake everything. Mark, synopsis. Fake everything. Nancy uses scare tactics to get a promotion and shows how cutthroat she can be in Dallas. And Dale is left unsupervised. A story character, we have Nancy. B story, which is really A sub one, is Dale and all of his nonsense. Um, I would say Dale and Hank because Hank is the one that's looking out for him or suspecting him. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's hop right into notes. Yeah. Um, really quick. The, you remember Perry Gilpin? She was the bitchy lady in full metal dust jacket that kept taking the books from Peggy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, she was Joe Rita in fear factor, the bitch that Peggy took her vest and okay. then she usurped Peggy. Um, and then she was um, Mary Ellen and Peggy's gone to pots. Okay. So yeah, the woman I knew that she'd been conned her into while. joining. She's been around quite a bit. Yeah. But she's been around a lot at this point. She's also, if you need a lady villain, it's her, I think is the point here. Nice. Or at least a la lady like antagonist. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, and she's been, she's been consistently working. Like I know she's in the recent, most recent Frasier reboot from last year. Um, but like she was in stuff yeah. even before that, which I'm like, good for you. Yeah. She gets, she, yeah, she gets some work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to jump into some notes, buddy? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, first note I have here is that nobody does breakfast races with me and that makes me sad. Uh, I don't know who <sighs> I, I would breakfast tried. race with. You and I could probably do it, but I, I got to make my way back out to the States to do it. Um, the issue is, Mark, I know you don't like eggs, and I've always wanted to have somebody race me with the excellent challenge because I I know I could fucking do that challenge. It's not a problem. Um, dozen mm -hmm. eggs. I could do a fucking dozen eggs right now, and I've been drinking all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> breakfast races. That's, that's a very wholesome Dale and Joseph moment that's very on point and made me happy. Um, yep. Okay. Question for you. I've got a couple of these today. What word slash advertisement did they show on TV that had Hank questioning it where he's like, I didn't even know they could sh like say that word on TV, let alone advertise for it. I bet it was boner pills. Um, what was that one? And it was, um, 
It wasn't Viagra, and it came out in like 2008 or 9. Cialis? And it was just, this is Bob. No, it was, this is Bob. Bob's got a lot to smile about these days. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. And it wasn't extends. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to look up boner pills right now, but I bet it was that. I bet they talked about erectile dysfunction and Hank was like, what? Interesting. The only other thing I could think of was douching. Like, like could a, be. was it Summer's End douche? Summer's Eve. Or Summer's Eve, thank you. God, why do I know douche brands? Um, because yeah. you've been up aisle eight a. Yeah, there you, I have been up aisle eight a. You are correct. I have enough masculinity to be able to buy my wife feminine products. I don't stay all the way back in aisle sixteen. Automotive, <laughs> Mark. We have a appearance of Kid Hauer this week. Did you see him? Is that him? He looks weird, right? He's behind Bobby in the Kleehammer class, right? Yes, it is. And there's a very clear one image of him, and then I didn't see him for the rest of the, the scene. And I was like, well, okay, that's lame. Yeah, I saw him, Dooley, Clark Peters. I mean, I don't know. We're just animating Bobby's school chums, which we should because Gamma Lobo and May like the episodes where Bobby's in school. Yay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Next note here, I don't know how appropriate it is to show people, even animated, pulling straight pulls off of a jack bottle in the middle of a fucking helicopter, and at least two of those people working in Dallas are doing that. Like, <laughs> that is uh, that is intense for me. You want to talk about things you didn't think they could show on TV, I was pretty sure it was that. Uh, nah, it's fine. Why? <laughs> I mean, I guess it drives home the point that they're all terrible people and you shouldn't do that, but yeah. Um, okay, last one here. What was in the paper bag that was so shameful that got Gwen St. James knocked off the mountain? What do you think Please Nancy put in that paper bag? Please don't read my script. <laughs> I don't no, know. Like I, oof, I don't know, I don't know plug, either. Right? I don't know. No, because he's like, I can't even keep this in here. Yeah, you're right. I don't know, like... I don't think I want to know either. Uh, because it's Texas, I'm going to guess it was a Plan B pill. Or. Okay. Or the miracle drug that would cure Greg Abbott and let him walk again. It's not stem cells and you're not allowed to make any more Greg Abbott jokes because I cut them out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really cut them out? I haven't listened for a while. Only if they're really not earned out? like that one. <laughs> Only like if they're not earned like that one. Oh, if they're more. funny, I leave them in, but there's more. I mean, we're, we're literally talking about Alice school shooting training this week in Texas because of something that. that yeah, uh, that part. Yeah. So just glossing over to that point, man, this didn't hold up like or maybe Dude. it did. I can't tell. Like, did it? Did it is OK? Is this one of those ones that just held up too fucking well? This is one of the ones that I swear if it was on Disney, they would just omit it. They would just get it, take it off the season and not tell you why. It's not that bad, is I, it? I think because of what it elicits. Because this is the se- well, because this is not. the second time you've brought this up now. So this is the second time you brought this up now. Like it's so bad you get it admitted. Like because you're trying to because you were saying, oh yeah, they ought to pull the you know last week because blow my nose because they said a Bruce Jenner joke. Like can oh, we stop pulling fucking things? Can we just not pull anything? Can we just leave shit as it is? Like oh, I wish they would I just know. leave it, I, but no, I just I I would see somebody I, getting overly sensitive about this because. It is. It's all about what could potentially happen at an elementary or middle school in Texas and basically teaching kids how to how to stop a school shooter. Like that's that's like the first third of this episode is. And I I have to imagine somebody would get weird, uncomfortable, squirmy 
watching it and go, no, Disney, you can't have this on your platform because it's going to be Disney. And maybe they should get weird and uncomfortable about it and squirmy. Maybe it should make you uncomfortable. Maybe it should be a thing we're still fucking talking about in 2024 now. Oh, my God, it's 2024. We have a whole new year to be mad at shit, John. Hooray. I'm really stoked (laughs) for it. Oh, God, I'm not. (laughs) I am ready to. I just I don't know. Like. Why did this piss me off so bad is my point. Because this got to me too, and I think that it got to you too. It did. Well, Why? Is it because that is it because the future came true? Like is that what happened? It came true and we don't like it? I maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it was maybe it's because this is an episode that is fifteen years old and nothing has changed. It's only gotten worse. Maybe you and I are mad that fucking progress should have happened by now and it still fucking hasn't. It's actually, yeah, we've actually gotten worse. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. No, this this really screwed yeah. with my lady as she was watching this today because we, we haven't had to think about school shootings in a year and a half. She's had almost two full school years now of, cool, don't have to worry about this happening because this shit doesn't happen in other countries. And so- Where was the one that this, just happened, though? Um, it just happened, like, last week. Not in Poland, Germany, right? it didn't. In Poland, it did No, there no. was, like, this- Yeah, in Poland. Yeah, that spree shooting no, in, in Poland. Chechia. Yeah. In Chechia. I thought it was Poland. Po- okay. No, yeah, was, you're, it, it, you're right. It, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it was in Chechia. Uh, but no, you're right. But like, it really, it's it's infrequent. Like, we we have not had to think about it, at least not at its frequency. She doesn't do, like, Alice active trainer draining, training drills in her school. So, I think yeah. that's really what kind of screwed with us both today is, is that, yeah, the first third of this episode is, is oh... Yep. I remember having to learn that. I learned that not too very long ago, just because that's how you stop somebody that wants to come into your classroom with a gun. So, you know, it used to be we used to make a joke about this is X days away from Columbine and the 9-11. And I'm not sure why we did that. And we're assholes. And I'm sorry for everything. But like at the same time, this would have been. 10 years after Columbine, like. Yeah. And here we are 10 years after this, give or take. I don't know. Just. What the yeah. fuck? Okay, see, and there, and here, and herein lies the rub. We can get all angry and affected by this, or we can remember this is a King of the Hill podcast, and getting mad about it doesn't do us any goddamn good. Because, like, at the same time, like, it's not this episode's fault. This episode, this is where yeah. we come down a lot lately anymore. Is it's not the episode's fault that society broke down <laughs> and that we get so fucking riled up over it. No, you're right. In that spirit, buddy, let's shoot on over to your notes, because that's the last thing I had here was what was in the paper bag. And then I went on to Greg Abbott, and then I just fucked myself up. Uh, give me your notes. You also just said shoot on over. Fuck you. Also, <laughs> no, I said, I don't want oh, you to, fuck. I also... I did. <laughs> I also don't want you to think that I would ever censor you. I just oh, cut yeah. a bulk of the Greg Abbott jokes, because at this point, like, comedy's only funny if you're not punching down. And like, I'm sorry, I am willing to say that you and I are better than that man and making fun of him is punching down. Well, he's not even going to feel it. So you're right. I'm not going to punch him in the dick. <laughs> Come he's on. Not fucking Christopher Reeve, like eating stem cells, trying to kill Hackman. Like, anyway, what are we talking about? Where are we? We're in notes. Are we on notes? Are we on my yeah, notes? We need, we need your notes, buddy. My notes. Uh, Johnny, what was the word? You already got that. Johnny, are Gamma Lobo and May time travelers? Is that what's going on here? Because <laughs> like, oh, wow. they seem to be the ones that always hit this shit a little bit too hard. You know how the Simpsons did it? 
I think yes. Gamma Lobo and May also might have done it. I I don't know how, but and now I got to go back and rewatch all this shit that pisses us off and go, hmm, maybe they are time travelers because they seem to have their fingers in a lot of the pies that don't taste that good to you and I. Yes. Um, we have not seen men in a minute. Just kidding. It was bill full of dollars, but you and I recorded that like six weeks ago. So it has been a minute. It is a minute men. and that's not okay because we love men. <laughs> um, yeah, we do. We love men and I miss men. Um, I sent you, hey, Johnny, what's the German word for art museum? Kunstmuseum. Yeah, I sent you a picture today of how bad my dyslexia is. How bad do you think my dyslexia was this morning when I read the call letters? (laughs) K-U-M-T. It probably pretty bad. (laughs) Um... I want so badly to get drunk in a helicopter. I don't want to be flying. I just want to sit in it and do it like play like they're playing. I want to get hammered with you in the pilot seat and like I'm going to be Millhouse in the jet. Like, take that, mom. Take that, dad. Take that, that Dr. Weissbauer. Yes. Wexburg. God damn it. Yes. (laughs) I knew it was a W something B. Yes. But yes, I want to do that with you. I just want to, like, I'm sure there's some place we could go and, like, we can just, like, pay a dude 40 bucks to sit in his helicopter cockpit and get shithoused and wear his, you know, little headset and yell at each other. If this was, oh, uh, almost 18 years, fuck, almost 18 years ago at this point, uh, you and I could have gone to Buckley Air Force Base for my prom and gone and done this in an X-Wing that they had. That oh, my God. you could just God. go and see. It's probably still there, but I don't think I can get on Buckley Air Force Base to go and fuck around in their X-Wing anymore. <laughs> I think my dad is still stationed there, maybe. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, let's go on a road trip. 2024, the year Mark reconciles with Mark, and Johnny's there to record it. Yes. Um, Is this good Nancy or bad Nancy? So, and I say Ooh. this because... Nancy, as a King of the Hill character, is not a sympathetic character. She So the first act of Nancy is her cheating on her husband. The second act of Nancy is her being degraded because she's aging and her looks. And now here we are in the third act of Nancy with, like, you know, the court... Sh- or with, um... Uh, untitled Blake McCormick project and she yells at John Redcorn because there might have been others. And shit like this, right? So... Nancy, number one, is not a sympathetic character. She's not a good person. We know that she is kind right. of a, just a terrible bitch, right? She's might be a good mother, sure. Uh, might be a good wife, question mark, because we find out that, like, the reason that, you know, Nancy becomes so evil is because Dale is holding her back. And then it bought, brought to mind, well, wait a minute, what about when she wasn't being held back by Dale? That's right, because she was being held under John Redcorn. If you take my meaning. So my point with all this is, is this good Nancy or bad Nancy? And really, at the end of the day, do we fucking care at all? So I'm going to tell you that my answer, my answer to your questions is this is good Nancy. And yes, we do care. Do you want to hear my explanation? Okay. Yes, please. So this is the season of tying up loose ends. And this is the completion of Nancy's art. We can very happily never see her ever again if we don't need to. And we have finally tied her off in a bow. Is is it unexpected that Nancy would get super catty and shitty and nasty? No. 
at one point um, well, we saw it in Gone with the Windstorm. Like we did, we, we know what happens. We did. Well, Peggy said something about I've seen you break up entire couples with one single catty remark at like a, like a barbecue or something. She's like, right. you know exactly who you are, and all this sort of shit. So we all know that that Nancy has the capacity for it. So this is good writing. This is us finally leaning into something we've never officially seen, or at least we've never seen in a full episode capacity. What it does is it explores, okay, this is what happens when Nancy has unlimited power and we are now splitting her off from Dale and we're, we're taking the chains off of both of them, right? Like, we're going to see Nancy go from who we know, who we've grown up with, who we love, and kind of morph into this monster of, holy shit, somebody needs to stop her. And luckily she ends up being hoisted by her own Leon Petard and, and stopping herself. Um, <laughs> Dale also does. <laughs> I will never not use that phrase, by the way. Um, Dale also does it to himself too, right? He finally gets the chance to stretch his legs, go and do shit uncensored, unencumbered. He's got his, his fuck. He's got the worst possible co-pilot with him in Joseph, who will also just actively mm-hmm. engage and carry this on. And what do they end up doing? They push it so far that he ends up breaking a fucking leg or two legs. I don't remember. I didn't look at the animation that close. At least just the one, one leg. Yeah. Letting Bobby just wallop his ass with a book in the middle of the night. Like, we get some two very good, like, peaks in action here. And then it comes back down and we find some some semblance of explanation, right? And it's an earned explanation of, the only reason we've never seen Nancy get to this point before is because she is so exhausted from dealing with Dale. And the only reason we've never seen Dale get to this kookiness before, which is a bold faced fucking lie. We've seen him do way stupider shit than turn his house into an igloo um, is because he's got Nancy <laughs> to like level him out. You know, it's, it's a, Hey, just in case you guys haven't seen the subtext, the last 13 seasons, these two need each other. It's a symbiosis type of thing. It's the only way this fucking family works, and it's why they're still in love with each other. Um, I really appreciate the the ending. We're skipping ahead a little bit here. The ending sure. of Dale going, I'm really glad that you're not in Dallas anymore because I missed you. And she has this moment of, I'm a, I'm a depressed, awful, like, super pissed off, like, bitchy person to, oh, that's right. I'm home. I'm with my family. I actually do kind of like these people. And she gives him the smile. And you get the nice, sweet ending, which we've come to love and expect from Dale and Nancy. I think mm-hmm. this is the final pin of we've. Ne- this is like the one area we've never explored with her, and it fleshes out the rest of why this crazy fucking family works and why it's never like you can go into the future forever. Um, if they never show Dale ever again, if we have to now write him off from the reboot because Johnny Hardwick is gone and he's passed away, we can simply say cool nancy got another job at a smaller market somewhere else dale went with her because he absolutely had to and and joseph is doing his own thing because he did um and we'll believe it because of this episode we have everything laid out for us through 13 seasons to believe. that was a lot of fucking talking i am so sorry that i just like monologued at you for like 10 minutes holy shit uh not at all dude not at this all is, this we, is why i, we are chatty I boys actually today. enjoyed this I enjoyed this part of this episode. I didn't enjoy the episode itself in, in its entirety, but I liked, I like the finality of it. I love that it's wrapping up this character because I kind of hate Nancy. Like after 13 seasons and after watching her 
over and over and over again, just be a shitty person. She is not very redeemable, but I see her place and I love Dale and you wouldn't have Dale without Nancy. <laughs> so, okay. okay. I think you swayed me a little bit. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But but talk long enough, I can do that. <laughs> I'm unswayable. I don't know. I. It's just weird, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because... So, number one, what's positive toxicity in a relationship? Like, you know, it's not symbiosis, because both people are toxic. So, like... I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like, because it's not healthy, but, like, I, relationships don't need to be healthy. They just need to make you feel okay, right? Like, don't listen yeah. to Mark kids. Mark is sad all the time. But, like, um, I don't know. I, I just think a lot about it. It's like, well, wait, so Dale's holding her back, but Dale's the only thing keeping her from being a terrible person and acting in her own nature. And I already know that Nancy's a raging cow anyway, but Dale's not good either. His first option is is... is Sorry, his first like thing thought is to go break into Hank's house. Like it's, I don't know, it's dumb. It's maybe it's that's less... my problem. Maybe this is too jump the sharky for me because like also what's Nancy's biggest downfall? It's not hubris, it's alcoholism. Like yeah, had yeah, Nancy gets... not gotten so shit housed, she just drank for three days straight. Is what happened to Nancy. She just drank and didn't get a hangover, and like that's what foist her. Like I don't know. Oh, absolutely. It's less of a symbiotic relationship and definitely more of a, a Cold War stance, right? It's mutually assured destruction. The only reason the two of them don't get screwed over is because they know the second one fucks up, the other will too. And then it's all gone. Interesting. Sorry, I'm trying to break that down in my head. It's like mutually assured proxy destruction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like your way of thinking of, like, um, how, how can you do this? Like, how can you be toxic to somebody but be good for them? Well, you, you can't. Like, you absolutely can't. But there is mutually assured destruction. Dale and Nancy are the fucking Cold War together. Like, we can coexist. We can we can make a functioning family unit work. Because both of us know the second one of us goes to ham, the other one will too. And it's all fucking gone then. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Where are we? Pros, cons. Uh, My to, pros. Your pros. We're to pros. We're to pros. Um, I can I can bust your mind pretty quick here. Uh, first off is uh the fact that the little kid named his possum. One, the kid has a possum as an animal, but he named it oranges. That's a great name. Mm -hmm. It's a great name for a possum. Uh, the only thing better would might be bitey. Uh, but it has to be a pretty big one. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say it needs to be the big one though, right? It has to be a big one. Uh, Mark, did you know that a Cherokee throwing hammer is just a tomahawk? Is that, I didn't, I, and I didn't want to look it up because I thought it would sound racist if I typed it into Google. Cherokee nope, throwing hammer. Definitely looked it up. It's just a tomahawk because most of those tomahawks have hammer ends on the, on the one end and the bladed end on the one on the other side. So at least that's what Wikipedia told me. Wikipedia may be a racist bitch. Um, I really... <laughs> Like it's, it, well, like, I hope you, not, because Hi Hammock donated 20 bucks to him. Um, 
the monitoring phone <laughs> Two calls wizards bit. and this podcast would literally, the entire network wouldn't exist without Wikipedia, so oh God, take it back. Oh, God, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I, all right, Wikipedia, you're not a bitch. I love you. Um, the entire monitoring phone calls bit is very wholesome to me, and I love it. Dale jumping in, and then Joseph jumping in, and Dale congratulating him, and then they end it all with, let's all meet in the kitchen for a hug. I love it. I, I, it's a huge pro to me. Yes. Um, it's a very cute moment. I want really quick. I want to tag in here. Tag that, in, yeah. The, so the monitoring, that is what I'm talking about with like the positive toxicity. Nancy should be allowed to expect a modicum of privacy in her house. And she doesn't, she gets it on two levels. And jo- and Dale has taught their son to also monitor calls. So like there's no privacy in the Gribble house. Sure. That's terrible. But at the same time, Dale's proud of his boy. And then they're all going to meet in the kitchen and hug. And that's goddamn wholesome as shit. So like, that's what I mean by toxic positivity. <laughs> right. It's like, I've done this really shitty thing, but turned it into a heartfelt moment. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see here. I, I'm really upset. I'm really upset, Mark. Okay. Uh, Gamma Lobo and May really just, they need to go back a couple of seasons here and just, just have Bill raiding the military or asking the military for super vitamin shots because that's all Dale needs. He just needs to start joining in, in Operation Infinite Walrus. Clearly. He doesn't need 900 different AC units. He just needs to get giant, fat, and hairy like Bill. We have a solution to reclimatization. It's right there. What the hell? Tag in. I'm going to tag in here. Please. Dale needs to go to the hot. Okay, so in uh, Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow, Nancy is losing her hair, right? And she gets a pretty new wig. She also heard that taking prenatal vitamins are super good for hair growth and nail growth, right? Yes. Um... Dale has noticed Nancy's hair growth returning, right? Um, In so noticing, he wants the forbidden prenatal vitamin. Can't have it. Nancy goes away, and that's how he infinite. So, and that's what he does to himself: is he (laughs) needs to go to the hospital because he OD'd on prenatal vitamins because his kidneys shut down. Yep. Okay. That's how you do this shit. (laughs) I love it. Uh, my last, my like, last. Joseph won't take them because they're because they're lady vitamins. It's and that's how that's how we're doing this. My last pro here is just it's an animation note that you and I like to call out when it happens. Um, we get a lot of really cool costume changes for Nancy here. Uh, we get a lot of cool costume changes for lots of different characters. I specifically i I really liked the ones that we got to see from Gwen St. James. Uh, the one that she's wearing at the party and Nancy is wearing a different thing at the party when Con- or when Min and uh, Peggy show up is really cool. It's it's just fun. I like seeing characters in models that aren't typically theirs. And if they're making, if they're going to make Nancy out to be this big hotshot news anchor, everybody knows news anchors, they, they wear the funkiest looking things sometimes on TV. And in Texas, it's mm-hmm. big hair, big boobs, big smiles, all of that stuff. So lots of good stuff there. But I, I like just from an animation standpoint, I love that bit. Um, what did you got for pros? 
Um, pros, Kleehammer's line of loaded for bear. God, that's a good, that's a good little turn of phrase that I forgot existed. You are loaded for bear. It means that the, the caliber of bullet you have in your gun could kill a grizzly bear. I yes. think that's such a cool thing, but also, you know, like you could say, I don't know, Mark, I'm really worried about getting my hours this semester. And I go, fuck you, John, you're loaded for bear as just yeah. a positive affirmation. And I'm going to, that's my 2024 resolution is you are loaded for bear. Yes, you are. Pros. Oh, good. More shrimp. Cause that's what I say. Anytime I get more shrimp. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and finally, okay, I'm sorry my son beat you up, Dale. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Very good. I also got to say, sidebar, bourbon and tomato juice is fucking gross until it melts a little bit, and then it's really good and I want more, and I'm out of tomato juice and I'm sad. You just got to gotta let it water itself in a bit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can believe um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got for me, buddy? Uh, so cons here, uh, we already hit this real hard, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna linger on it, but oof, classroom intruders in Texas, that doesn't age well. Um, I would, I would say in any, I would say in any state in America, it doesn't age well at all. It's true. It's true. Um, let's see here. Uh, I have a bitch here and it's that Okay. Nancy, like Nancy has this whole moment where she's talking about Oh, I had this this story, and now it got picked up by 14 different affiliates and all this. And she goes and tells the guys in the alley. And Hank has an issue with this, but waits until she leaves. Hank is not afraid to talk to Nancy. Why wouldn't he just call her out, or why wouldn't he go and ask her and talk to her about it himself? You know, like, we know he will go and talk to yeah. Nancy on her own. He's done it multiple times in lots of uncomfortable situations. Like, if he had such a big problem with this... Why wouldn't he just go and ask her himself? Do you think Hank is afraid of Nancy in this episode? I think Hank is generally uncomfortable around Nancy. I mean, I don't want to okay. abuse it, Shug, but can you get Dale out of the basement again? Like, when's the last time Hank and Nancy had a positive exchange? Like, I think he That's tolerates true. her because she's Peggy's friend and Dale's wife. Like, that is. But, that you is know, I also true. think that Hank is generally uncomfortable around women anyway, you know, in like a non-workplace setting, but he just doesn't talk to women you know just not a thing he does like yeah i guess i got it stuck in my head that they're they're better friends than they really are because i mean they go bowling together and they have hot tub parties together and and like she has been around for a very long time in the hill household like shit she straight up lived with them for a minute um and he like, had a sex dream about her so yeah like like <laughs> i'd be uncomfortable too so I, I guess I'm re I think I'm reading more into this this relationship than there really is. But to me, it just seems strange that Hank, who is very much known to just go to a person if he's got a problem with them, waited until she left to to start bitching about it. Um, I get it. It's writing. It makes sense that way. But it just felt like a little off for the character. Uh, my last con here is that it took us 13 seasons to get a legitimate Dale is unsupervised episode from from uh, Nancy. I don't know why it took this long. And I'm also kind of sad at where it led to, because I, I mentioned earlier, I feel like he's gotten into way more harebrained schemes with her still in the picture. Like this is low on the Dale insanity bar. Rewrite the episode a second time, but we just watched a better B plot in um, Dale, the uh, survivor man. Like, yes, this, this is how he can do it because he locked himself out of the fucking house. Like that's what, that's how you do. I don't know. I just, 
I don't like this B plot with Dale because it's so stupid. Like, global yeah. warming's coming, so I'm going to cool my house down so much that I get used to... That's what you're doing? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, exactly. You know like, what I mean? Almost... I'm sorry. I don't mean no. to beat this horse, but... No, you almost need to replace the last week's B-plot with this one to make it a better one. Because, shit, there's more stakes with him in his wild propane deposits and blowing shit up. Like, that's what you expect him to get into when Nancy's not around. And, you know, too, both plots are so inconsequential. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, What do you got for cons here? Or did we already hit your cons? No, not yet. I've only got two. Um, number one, Gamma Lobo and May ought to know better. It's not called a basement. He needs to be unlocked from the think hole. Yes. <laughs> and finally, parades as a general con. I loathe a parade to steal a title from another Mike Judge property, Daria. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we we are to favorite moments then. Um, you want to start us off? Uh, favorite moments, the entire Klee Hammer scene. I didn't realize, like, yeah, it's cringy as shit, but, like, at the same time, there's that moment there, and he's, like, standing there playing Dodge Book and just, like, <laughs> absorbing the impact. Yes. We haven't really... We're getting a lot of good Klee Hammer this season, dude. We just saw him in Bois My Nose, like, resetting Hank's nose. Yes. We're getting a lot of good Klee Hammer, and it's kind of... It's amazing to me that a character that we got in the first couple of seasons, like, we're just kind of coming around to now and we can still use, and we can use him freshly, and that's so neat to me. He's like our A-tier third, or, or like A-level third-tier person, if you will. Like, cool, you need yes. somebody in here yes. for one or two very funny lines to set up a scene? It's Kleehammer. Like, he's always going to be the dependable one. No, I agree with that a lot. I love that scene. Also, I guess um, loaded for bear, but I kind of already blew that wad. No, no, no. You're Shot good, you're that good. load, so to speak. <laughs> Ooh. Um, <laughs> Mark, shithouse Nancy getting her comeuppance and just totally tumbling off the mountain is fantastic to me. Not just because she's trying to pet the billy goat, which is the mascot of my ever-so-loved FC Con from Bundesliga, but just... Drink. I, I, <laughs> thank you. It's a, it's a very... Uh, it's a very organic way to say, wow, yep, you you fu- <laughs> like you fucked up and there's no way we can't not fire you after this because the whole town, like the whole city saw you fall off this. It was on the front page of the paper. We can't put you back behind an anchor desk. You're not coming back to Dallas. Like you have to find a good organic natural way to get her back to to Arlen to reestablish the status quo and this makes a lot of sense to me. So I I also like Nancy's a terrible person, so it's kind of fun to watch her literally hit rock bottom. Um, and my okay. other one is it's a Dale line, and it's just sorry the house smells like walrus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. That's a good one. <laughs> Where did Dale get a walrus? I from his Russian dudes, the ones that Hank was spying on him. They they're the ones that hooked him up with a walrus. And uranium. Yes. Or maybe alien urine? Yes. Okay. Which might be the same thing. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All let's right. get to rating this bad boy. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? Really quick before we get there, did we kind of missed this last episode. We 
also roundabout kind of hit it too when we talked all the shit about uh, Peggy Horror. Does this one feel like the King of the Hill episode, or does this feel like a unhashed B plot? Um. I'm actually going to say this this feel this one specifically feels like a B plot. Uh okay. and it's because the the tangential characters are the focal point. Um Hank, Peggy, Bobby, those are your elements. One of them has to be an integral part of this story to be to make it a King of the Hill episode. Um I get it. We we you get to a point in every every TV show's lifespan where you start doing spin-off episodes. We have our episodes that are all about Apu or Otto or fuck at one point I think they do an entire one on Kent Brockman in The Simpsons. Like yeah. you get to that point, the more established and well known the characters are. And it's not a, a huge stretch to say, cool, we're gonna do an entire story about the neighbors next door. But that does not necessarily mean that it should be a King of the Hill episode. Um it's got it's it's got similar beats. It's obviously written by the same writers, so it's going to have a similar story structure and different things like that. But I mean, you barely see. I don't know if you see Bobby really at all in this episode, other than when he's throwing books at people. I don't know where you see. Yeah, Peggy, other than other him than, panicking. Yeah. Yeah, other than when she goes and visits Nancy and like does her, I'm gonna fret over Nancy. Like they're there, but they're in the background for the whole duration of you this. know. You know what this is? This is classical filler in its, like, purest form. Yes. No one cares. About, okay, this is 1010 Learned a New Jutsu yes, episode or, of Naruto. Because I'm rewatching his, Shippuden. Yeah, or Konohamaru and his, his like, cabal have gone and have to stop something in the in the Leaf Village. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, zero stakes, just filler. King of the Hill is an American anime. This proves it. This is a filler episode. Zero stakes. Uh, we get the sitcom ending of everything is back to normal. Yeah. No one is suing Dale because he broke into their house. We didn't press charges. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And next week he's not going to have broken legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Because um, that looked like he broke his femur. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's like, what is that? Like 14 weeks, I think. He's... If you're, if you're in good health, it is. <laughs> They're all going to go over to Luann's house and there's going to be like, Ah, Bill, you're here. I'm so glad to see my buddy. Oh, uh, yeah, Dale. Sign my cast. And he signs it, Bill Poole. Bill Poole, exactly. <laughs> How you like me now? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you rate it? I totally forgot what you rated it. No, we're, I haven't said it yet, so we're good. Uh, I okay, gave... thank God. We've just been digressing, <laughs> like digressions onto digressions. That's my fault. It's this it's... Bourbon Mary. It's it's good, but hey, fuck, you get to be the one that edits it all, so I'm fine with it. Buddy, I gave Nancy Does Dallas a butane. Uh, my my explanation for this is two words. It's meh. This is in... Okay. It's watchable. This is watchable King of the Hill. I don't hate it. I would absolutely take this over the other one we watched today. Like, eh. Really? But it's meh. Okay. Yeah. Like, at least we get some kooky Dale and Nancy. I like seeing Nancy get shithoused and catty and, and like, go high to high highs and low lows. I'd much rather see that than hipster Peggy yet again. Yeah. So, it's it's a butane for okay. me. This is middle of okay. the road. What did you give this? Uh, I gave it a megalo. It's, I was really Ooh. bored, John. I was really bored as I watched this. I didn't care. Like, okay. you know, Nancy's not staying. I don't, 
Okay, here's my problem. I don't care enough about Nancy to care about why she doesn't work in Dallas anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't care. I You haven't made me care about a character in 13 seasons. I just, I don't care about Nancy, and I really don't like her. And I don't want her to die, but I don't want her to have a good life either. I want her to be perpetually punished for, you know, being a piece of shit to Dale for the 13 years before she split up with John Redcorn. Maybe I don't. I don't know, because, like... I was going to say, she needs to have her, like, five years of Sisyphus pushing a boulder up the hill. Some type of anything. I don't know. I just... But also, like, it's hard to watch a Nancy episode because there's not a good... Na- like, okay, so I'm trying to think about these. Like, hair today, gone tomorrow. Nancy's hair is falling out. Um, right. Trouble with Gribbles. Dale is pretending that his secondhand smoke has made her ugly, so he calls her ugly. But really, Nancy is just the vehicle in that plot. Dale is the main character in that one. Like... Anyone with John Redcorn? Yeah, sure. And is it just because, like, I can't justify a 13-year-long affair because if you're that unhappy with the person, just leave them? Question mark? I don't know. I just... Whatever. I don't care. I don't like Nancy enough to care about her. Um, I think Dale is way overdone. They turned Dale up to 11. Yeah, there's funny moments in it, but, like, I'm sorry, dude. We just got the best Dale we're ever going to get, and there's natural propane deposits in Arlen. Like... <laughs> Yeah. That entire, really... I'm sorry, dude. Like, cut, okay, so cut this juxtap or, you know, cut, or, sorry, picture to picture these two, right? Dale installing a bunch of fucking air conditioners, stupid, versus Dale running at an open car door of groceries, throwing handmade spears at the bag, and running <laughs> off with the two full bags of groceries, thinking he's a survivor. That's better, dude. I'm sorry. Like, that's how you do Dale. Like, this isn't. This is... This is, at best, a, a B story that runs amok. Yeah. But, like, it's so predicated on the A story to exist. I, I just hate it. It's That's the parasitic twin. That's the that's the toxic parasitism there, John. This is the parasitic twin on this episode. This episode needs the other twin to, like, feed off you, and then you get a brain tumor and cut it out. But come to find out, like, that was what made you happy because it was pressing on your amygdala. So, yeah. Yeah. Long way to go for a short drink of Megalo, but there we are. Um, Johnny, we're to this point. Do you have anything else to say about Nancy Does Dallas and or Uncool Customer? Customer? Um, the only other thing uh, I would add here is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just addendum. Well, not addendum, but I'll just add on to what you were just saying real quick. Um, they burned a lot of really good Dale B stories that would have fit in here better. I, I'm just thinking I would also rather have nine foot by nine foot by 39 foot guard tower in this slot. Then Dale put installs a bunch of AC units. Like, there's a bunch of good shit that's already happened with Dale this season. Why did they shoehorn the lamest Dale B story into this episode? I don't know. We may never know. It's fine, I guess. But other than that, no, I, d- I don't have any other any other, anything else to say about these two episodes. Um, except for I, sadly, they're not continuing the trend of surprising gems hidden in the rough that this season has been giving us. Um, this is a, was a double megalo for you, and I had a butane and a megalotane. Yeah. It's just... Whatever. It's This happens, too. Like, our enjoying of these episodes seems to be cyclical, and I guess we're just... This was episode five, John. We're into the final countdown here, I think, unless I'm doing my math wrong. And, yeah. God, makes me sad. Yeah. That's okay, though, because we know there's some... We know that there's got to be something good on the horizon, right? 
Sure, until I just looked it up. And do you know who wrote the season or the series finale of King of the Hill? Who wrote it? Gamma Lobo and May, Christy Stratton, and Jim Dotrieve, along with Judge and Daniels, but they've been here the entire time. Right. So up so by this point, I just can't enjoy the fucking episode because these three people have shown me that I can't trust them. Like fuck you guys. <laughs> um, but to that end, do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, man? Yeah, I still like it. It's good. I, You know what? If nothing else, I keep coming back to that idea that I don't regret anything that you and I have been doing up until now. Like, no, I, I don't think I've wasted time. I think I have grown in this experience. So, yeah, no, I still like it, and I like what it represents. They just can't all be fucking... It's just amazing to me, dude. Monkey See, Lucky Do was such a good episode, and it was a lucky episode. Yeah. Like, what is happening to our hood anyway Johnny you want to tell those good people where they can find us buddy absolutely the good people of internet and podcast land can always reach out to the dangle podcast we are on twitter slash x go and give it to you we are on instagram we are on facebook we've got a facebook group dangle podcast uh, if you want to hit us hit us up on gmail we're dangle podcast at gmail.com uh, we're on blue sky Mark tell us what the blue sky is because I always fuck it up yeah so hi hammock dot bsky dot social yeah, check us out on Blue Sky if you guys are doing that that fun stuff. Um, you can always reach out to me. I am on Instagram. I'm Krautball. Kraut is in sauerkraut ball. Is in Swedish meatball. I'm up all sorts of weird hours because I live eight hours ahead of Mark. It's fantastic. I get to celebrate the new year with a bunch of people blowing shit up around me. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Mark- yeah, I saw your fucking like Munich fireworks smoke. That was crazy, dude. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And the video I sent you. That was tame compared to last year, and it lasted three times as long last year. It was nuts. It makes you feel like you're in a war zone, and it's kind of kind of cool, but kind of terrifying. Mark, where can these good folks listen to more of you? <laughs> if you didn't get enough of me raging about all, all this tonight, well, please go listen to me rage on the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, a weekly cinematic review show where me and my buddy Brad fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge by showing the other one movies they haven't seen, but the other one really likes. Uh, this week, or so for the next couple weeks, we are in a John Carpenter mini-season deep dive. We just did Ghosts of Mars. It was fucking insanity. You want to hear two people <laughs> bitch about a thing, and then like, but then like they turn around and tell you how much they love it? Go check that one out, because... I saw it a bu- I saw it twice, and I still don't know what the hell happened. Uh, you can also find me on the Two Wizards podcast, where me and our buddy Josh stare into that void so you don't have to. And you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, and I will be honest, I do not get on there, because my only interaction is with sex bots and to put up the new episodes for the three shows, respectively. Which are also getting mostly just, you know, sex bot reposts and... I gotta assume if a sex bot sees it, then like some simp sees the sex bot seeing it. So like maybe that's exposure. I don't fucking know. I got nothing. <laughs> um, but also to the fans that are here and have been here, we do love you guys. And anybody who's new, hey, welcome. Um, why did you show up in the last five episodes of King of the Hill? Well, I don't know, but it's all right. Until next time, Johnny. Thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Mark, and I sell podcast and podcast accessories. And my name is Johnny, and I am a propane wizard. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. We will see you next week. Bye.